Are we recording? No, too much, too much, too much, too much. Hey, everybody! Welcome to Ducks Watch Together. I'm Josh, and I'm Kylie. And on today's episode, we talk about the Oscar nominations 2020. All right. Well. We've had some time to sit in the Oscar nominations, friends. Uh, in past years, we've got up really early and watched them and then recorded an instant reaction video. And this year, well, the schedules didn't allow that to happen because it was on a Monday and work and like we were tired. And did, I, did you watch them live? I did. I got up and watched them live. Uh, part of that is, is because we had to give Charlie his insulin shot, but part of that is I would have done it anyway. Uh, this year, hosted by Issa Rae and John Cho, um, they seemed I as... Need to yell. Oh, I'm sorry. The microphone's right sorry. there. I'm just, I, mean, just, I get excited. It's the Oscar time I'm of year. I'm also right here. You don't need to okay, yell. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm projecting for the stage when I need to be projecting for the podcast. Yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> uh, Issa Rae and John Cho were, were as excited to be there as we all were. Gosh, Okay, wait, we'll get there. <laughs> Sorry, I just had a Mark Ruffalo question, and that's not the time or place. You know, I, I'm not sure when the time or place for the Mark Ruffalo question is this year, so go for it. What, let's just start with I Ruffalo. I just, he was really good in... Avengers Endgame. No, what's the water one called? <laughs> Dark Waters. Dark Waters. He was really yeah. good in that. He was. I wanted him to get nominated. You know who saw that? Me. And me. <laughs> And we're not in the Academy. Yeah. I thought it was a pretty good performance for him. I agree. I actually really liked his performance in there. I thought that movie was overall pretty solid. But friends, that actually leads me to our inquiry of the half fortnight. Kylie. Um, what's, uh... It is Oscar nominations time, and so my first question for you, out of the gate, what's one thing that's missing, but what's one thing that you really like What about the Oscar nominations? I mean, we'll go over I lots more everything. of them. Everything. Everything? Yeah. Yeah? No uncut gems. I didn't expect them to, but you know, sometimes it's good to wish. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is is uncut gems probably your biggest, uh, la- biggest like uh, sad thing of the year? You're not snub, so to speak, because like, yes, it is. Um, but yeah, is uncut gems your your saddest one? I mean, I'm not sad because this doesn't matter. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> right. Okay, but like, you know, for some of us. It doesn't matter. It Josh, really doesn't. you literally you literally went on a rampage on how the best picture isn't actually a good pic doesn't have to be a good picture. It's just the best produced movie. Well, that's how it was founded as a category. I don't know if it's that anymore, but listen, maybe I maybe I'll just do that and when something sad happens this year. Gonna- it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's just not. Everyone's third. Yeah, that's a real chance. (laughs) It's a real good chance. (laughs) All right, Josh. Share your thing. 
You're pretty sad about not as much Little Woman love. Uh, true story. Although it got more than I thought it was going to be, yet. Yeah, I think it got about where I was thinking that it would be. Um, there was one kind of surprise for Little Women for me. Um, I didn't think Florence Pugh was going to sneak in. Um, I thought that... We're going to get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, but yeah. Uh, you just have to stay vague. Just be like, Uncut Gems. Like, oh, okay. yeah, it should have been there. <laughs> oh, my saddest. Joker. Period. <laughs> No, you asked for things that were missing. Oh, yeah. Well, I said, well, there was, like, one that's missing, and then one, what's something you liked? Uh, what's missing from here? Aquafina? Aquafina is missing. Um, I, I think that that is a performance that easily should have been in there. Um, although... I was not shocked that it wasn't there. I mean, not shocked, but, but like, I was hoping... Um, Taryn, Taryn was sad for me. I was, I was, I had some hope that like Taryn would get in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we'll go into those there. Uh, what's one like thing that you were like, oh my gosh, surprise, happy? Nothing. You, did nothing made you happy? Uh, nothing surprised me. Okay. Ford v Ferrari for best picture, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was shocking. I was like, oh, only I liked that film, but apparently there are. Oh, there are lots of them. <laughs> there are lots of you. <laughs> I don't dislike that film. It was fine. I guess just because I like Tom Hanks. Yeah. I guess I was just yeah. happy that we remember Hollywood remembered him. We're like, oh, Tom. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> um, and like, but I mean, like, I compared this to a Meryl Streep nomination. Yeah. But like, at the same time, it doesn't because we don't, we don't give those to Tom very often because he hasn't been nominated since 2001. 2000. 2000. Like, wow, like, almost 20 years. Yeah. Um, We kind of, Hollywood, or at least the the critical, I don't know, critical reception, whoever, the Academy kind of treats him more as a quote-unquote movie star and not a actor, so to speak, because, like, Meryl can do almost anything and get nominated, and Tom's got to try real hard for a real long time. Um, But he's been in lots of Oscar-y... I mean, maybe it's because he was in Philadelphia, and Philadelphia, like, is pointed to as, like, Oscar bait the movie. Well, I mean, it's Oscar bait the movie now, but if you look at 1993, like, that's a risk. Like, that's just, in our society, that's just a risk to put a movie like Philadelphia forward. It's also just a really good movie. It is. It's all the acclaim that it has. Yeah. Do you own this film? Philadelphia, it's down here in the... Sad. In dramas. Yeah. I'm kind of excited whenever I get to reorganize. Today. Because... We're going to redo it today. No, I know. Um, because then, like, things shift around, and, like, I kind of remember, like, where things are again. Let's see. D for Demi. <laughs> or talent for Demi. I'm imagining... Okay, but if we did it by talent, <laughs> like... It's your, it's your My. My specific. Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Demi. <laughs> I feel like Demi would be somewhere in this bookshelf. Yeah. I feel like you have enough respect for Demi. I do. Except for, yeah. like, you, you seem very, like, withdrawn from his, um, his comedies. And I think you should visit some of his I comedies. I can't say that I know very many of them. Josh, I, there are a few I think you would All right. like. Okay. Not All Swing right. Shift. Not Swing Shift. I don't like Swing Shift. Okay. All right. Um. I... Goldie Hawn took over that film. Well, you know. All right. Um, my surprise, my my like fun surprise was that uh was that a little film known as The Lighthouse got one nomination. 
one singular nomination, and I feel like we did it, everybody. Like, we, we, we saw it, we gave it one nomination. It is just for cinematography, which is good. Good cinematography in that movie. But and Oscar also, also got one. Yeah, one. It got a, got a sound. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um... I don't know, I just felt like The Lighthouse was going to come and go with, like, no love. And, like, while I would have loved a lot more love for The Lighthouse, specifically Willem Dafoe, it's okay. We did it, everybody. What? 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 I was saying Ropat's also good. Ropat is great. Ropat is great. For some reason I was thinking, so I know the Super Bowl's coming up. Uh Uh-huh. And I was like, wow, are the Super Bowl and... The Oscars on the same day, they are one week apart. Yeah, they're a week apart. And I, I was like, I think they should just, I think, I think they should be on the same day. Yeah. It's, it, the Super Bowl should be over by then. Um, this is the earliest the Oscars have been since they've been televised. Um, I don't, so this season's been a little weird because everything's been shortened and early. Um, and I don't think they're going to do it again. Um, I don't love it personally. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fine. I it's just I don't feel like I have a lot of time to like catch up or watch the things that were nominated that didn't come to our town. Like for example, if I lived in a bigger city, um, I feel like there'd be less things that I need to catch up on right now. But at this point, I've got less than a month or about a month between announcements and. Um, awards to try to watch everything in there that I need to watch. So it just feels like a cram session right now. Alright, let's get started. Alright, um... I'm gonna lead. Can I make a proposition? You are gonna lead, but I just want to make a proposition. We're gonna do every nomination. Okay, never mind. Never mind. Alright. We've got some in-depth thoughts on the short films. I have to send this text. Okay. What's your What's your proposition? Don't do the short films. Well, I want to talk about one. Okay. I want to talk about hair love. Okay, great. We saw it in front of Angry Birds two. We did. We were sitting next to people who turned and said, "Is this Angry Birds two? And we said, "Yes." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because they were confused that there was a short film before the cartoon. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, hair love. It's great. I really like it. All right. Um. Let's start. With best visual effects. Best visual effects. All right, and the nominees are. Do I have to read the people's names? Uh, n- n- no. Okay. Yeah. It's like Dick Pope all over again. All right. So best visual effects. We got Avengers Endgame. We got The Irishman. We got The Lion King. 2019, not 1994. <laughs> oh, man, I thought it was 94. We got 1917. Huh, I saw that last night. Star Wars, Rise of Skywalker. Okay. So it's uh, Disney and two prestige films. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Can I say something? Yes. I'm not happy about these nominations. Oh, okay. Okay. I'll, here, I'll, I'll just... I'm going to say the visual effects of Endgame and Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, are both fantastic and good. Uh-huh. However, they are also the visual effects that I have watched with three Star Wars movies, and that I've watched with probably at least ten Marvel movies. Okay. And so I'm just kind of like, yeah, they figured it out. 
I am going to agree with you okay. and disagree with you. Okay. I agree with you that Star Wars doing the same old, same old Star Wars thing. Mm -hmm. And not that that shouldn't be rewarded if it's good, but I don't specifically see what they did in Star Wars to really earn this nomination. Endgame, the only counter that I have is... Um, I still think Thanos and that technology and all the things that they can do to make that Josh Brolin performance look like that Thanos character is still really impressive. And I think that at least on kind of rewatching through and I watched a tiny bit of Infinity War, I actually think there was a leap forward in technology between the two films. To me, it really reminds it, it I, I okay so i i haven't rewatched uh infinity war since before endgame right um i a lot of it just reminds me of like when we got hulk to work and how we've continued to get hulk to, hulk to work yeah and it might be better and i i guess i don't know it's which degree it's better i also think like it just reminding me of hulk as well like when we get walking talking mark ruffalo hulk mm -hmm. i think that's a leap forward as well for that character <laughs> <laughs> that's alright that's okay that's okay okay next um, I'm gonna say the visual effects of the Lion King are what ruined the movie <laughs> I agree because I can't connect to anything just because you can doesn't mean you should okay yeah. Um, I haven't seen The Irishman. I have thoughts on it later, but we're going to get to there in the next one. Okay, I can give you some Irishman visual effects thoughts. I've heard that it's not the best. I think it really depends on the character and okay. how much you're trying to de-age them. When you're trying to do... So, like, the film of The Irishman goes over many decades. Mm -hmm. And so you're trying to take P Pesci, uh, Pacino, and De Niro and take them from being men in their 60s and 70s to being men in their 30s and then above. When you are trying to take them all the way back to being in their 30s, maybe doesn't quite work as well. Especially with De Niro, because we know what De Niro looks like. We've, like, a lot of us have seen young De Niro performances, mm -hmm. and it doesn't quite match up. When they're just trying to take, like, down to their 50s and try to, like, maybe just, like, ungray them a little bit, it works a little bit better. And I will say I give some grace to the movie because eventually, and it doesn't even take all that long, I eventually is probably even overstating. Pretty quickly, you just adjust to seeing, like, okay, this is what this person is, this is what it looks like, and there's so much more going on in the film itself that, like, I don't think it's necessarily... The end of the world that like they, they do this thing i think it looks fine the sheer size of the task would just inherently make some of it better than others is it better same or worse than nick fury and captain marvel i actually think nick fury and captain marvel works better mm -hmm. yeah i'll say nick fury works better 
I yeah. uh, Clark. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Clark Gregg isn't great. Yes. Um, but I think that with Samuel L. Jackson, that was actually very good. Well, and I don't know why they. I don't know if they did this with De Niro, Pesci, and Pacino or not. But with Jackson, they specifically went back to him in that era and used visual mapping of his face mm-hmm. to to put it back on him, like. You have the capability, the technology. It's there. It exists. I mean, maybe the film stock or whatever isn't as good for when Pacino was in his 30s back in the 70s and 80s, but, like, I don't really know. So, yeah. I think it's a worthy nomination. I am not certain if, like, it should win, Mm -hmm. but I think it's a worthy nomination. What are your 1917 thoughts? Okay. Oh, sorry. I guess I don't know what visual effects are, Josh. Okay. Visual effects, visual effects can encompass many things. Can so I, it can go. If I like make something explode on the. That's screen? a visual effect. If I do, like it, that's the classic definition of the term. Can I do it in real life? It yes. Has to be a, oh, yes. Oh, it's great. 1970s. Yeah. That's all. Awesome. Yeah. Josh, 1917 is a visual. Effect. Yes, it is a visual <laughs> effect. It is a spectacle. Yeah, absolutely. Because like, I, I mean, and I'm, I'm sure there's computers stuff in there, but like as I was watching it, I was like. Wow, so much of this feels real, guys! Yeah, absolutely! Uh, like when they brought that plane down right in front of that guy. I mean, that was a digital effect, <laughs> but like everything else was good. I think so. Our five nominees for editing are Ford v. Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, and Parasite. Uh huh. <laughs> Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Parasite. So Parasite's great. Um, we yeah. love Parasite. It's perfect. It's actually a movie that uses its editing to uh, really crisply enhance the storytelling, um, and it's an actual integrated part of the film. Parasite. Yeah. Parasite's great. Yeah. Uh, no issues with Ford v. Ferrari. I actually think that that's a film that relies a lot on its technicals and editing being one of them. Like, if you're not going to piece those sequences together in a way that builds tension, mm-hmm. then that movie's not going to work. Especially for... So it's a it's a film about this race that eventually happens, and the race is over the course of 24 hours. And when you're watching the race, you need to be a, you need to be able to understand the race, which relies on the editing, and you need to be entranced by it because when you say a 24-hour race, that doesn't seem very exciting. Yeah. But then you get Andrew Bucklin and Michael McCuster behind the wheel of your editing <laughs> computer, and they take over. <laughs> um, here are my thoughts on The Irishman. Uh huh. It's too long. It wasn't edited enough. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was fine. Like it was paced well. It really was. Um, I was mean, this a lady that did it. Thelma? Yes, yes. Thelma Schoonmaker. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Well, she's worked with him before. Um, Jojo. I guess I can understand Jojo's nomination. I mean, we're talking about things that we don't inherently know a lot about. We just kind of a feel there. But for me, with Jojo. It is a movie that relies on tone, and if you're not cutting in and out at the right moments and meshing those jokes with the more serious moments, and if you're not playing that just right, then I don't think that film works. You know, so like that, I, I can see where that nomination comes from. I struggled with that. I was like, why? 
Yeah. <laughs> I think that this is a symptom of Jojo Jojo Rabbit has more nominations than I thought it would have here. Yes. Um it is a film that started out like gangbusters and like it won the audience award at Toronto which almost guaranteed it to have a best picture nomination because I think in the last two decades there has only been one or two films that have missed. Um that being said, um, I, as it went on and it got released, especially here in America, its reviews were really mixed. Um, and so to see it come out strong, and I think it has six yes. nominations, mm-hmm. um, and editing being one of them, and editing is traditionally one of those bellwether categories where you think that these five movies might be in the lead of the best picture race. Traditionally, that's been true. I don't know if that's true this year, but there might just be a lot of love for Jojo. Okay. I, you've seen Joker twice since I've seen it. Um, yeah. So, so, so what do you got? What do you got on Joker's editing? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't like to talk ill of my own work. <laughs> <laughs> I can be critical. <laughs> okay. It wasn't my best effort. Okay, got it. You still got nominated for it, though. I, it's you surprising. did. <laughs> um, this is a weird pseudonym you use, though. Jeff Groth. Yeah. That's strange. Well, I used J because it's the letter before my first initial. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. And then G because it is my initial. Oh, okay, so. yeah. Great. Uh huh. Um, I don't. Oh, I don't know. It. I, I was about to say, I don't think editing's the issue with that, but in a way, I, the tone of that film, as I kept turning to Anne and saying, how does Todd Phillip want me to feel in this moment? <laughs> Am I supposed to, like, be scared? <laughs> um, I don't think it always works. Yeah. I actually think that, uh, we'll get to it a little, little bit later, but I think that there are a lot of elements of the film that people individually like, but when it's all put together, I was like, it's not clear what emotion this is supposed to be. Right. Um, I don't know. I guess I don't, I don't know. The It, it doesn't seem spectacular. No, I don't. I don't. And I mean this, the, the, if there's an editing person out there who wants to come tell us why it is. I mean, I don't see, remember anything above and beyond other than like, piece it helping piece together that Joaquin performance maybe that's you know because like you gotta get those get get the right shots I don't really know um I'm I'm trying this is Phoenix only did each scene once oh yeah okay great it was one take wonder he was perfect I mean (laughs) actually did you know that the stairs dance sequence wasn't like he was just walking to work and they just filmed him (laughs) like that was just sad I wouldn't be surprised I'm going to be honest. You tell me any story about walking Phoenix, I'd be like, that checks out. Uh, he went down to the local uh, children's hospital and spent the day reading children. And then he dropped a gun in the middle of his, <laughs> his reading. Uh, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um... Okay, uh, this was a game that I, there are not a game, but I was going to be like, is there anything we think that should be in there? And if we do, we have to take something out. Oh, was I supposed to do that with best visual effects? I forgot that I was going to do it, but we can also do it there. I would certainly take out the Lion King. 
I don't know what I'd replace it with, though. I would re- I would replace it with Ad Astra. I think uh, that the visual effects point. of that film, specifically the moon sequence mm-hmm. and the Mars sequence, um, and even the end sequence, I think all rely completely, and it's all, yeah. So Ad Astra is what I would put in easily. Okay. Uh, my other shout is just because I'm a fool, but like Gemini Man. Like, Gemini Man worked really well, except for one scene. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, editing? Editing. Okay, I have I have one that I would probably put in there. 1917? Okay, so <laughs> this is the conversation. Because, like... Am I allowed to put that one in? <laughs> okay, so this is, this is the conversation that I was going to have or that I was thinking about with with this category because I was like 1917 seems like it's a really well edited film and even in my letterbox review I shout out the editor but then I kept hearing a bunch of critics and a bunch of people being like that film's not well edited what are you talking about that's so pre-planned in advance so I tried to do some research because like the editor's branch also nominated the film so my thought is, and what the counter argument to it is, is because it does that one shot effect, mm-hmm. everything is so pre-planned out. And the editor might be working in that process, but between Deacons and Mendez, the editor doesn't actually have a whole lot to do except for put the shots together. So there's not a lot of creative choices being made from the editor. So I think that's the reason why it's not here. It'd be interesting to see how much the editor had to do with having to play yeah. stuff, though. Yeah, I agree. I imagine that Sam Mendes may not be... Per- oh, I'm rather Deacons is pretty perfect. But he might not be perfect with the placement of, like, here's where the cut's gonna be. Especially because Mendes is a primarily a theater director, you oh. know. I mean, maybe not primarily is not the right word, but his, uh, his start is in theater. I thought his start was in James Bond. <laughs> oh, no. He has a best picture before that. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 an American beauty. Um, so, yeah. My other thought for this category is, and of course Joker's the one that I'd kick out, is Uncut Gems. I'm thinking John Wick Chapter 3. Okay. Because we... <laughs> Great. We don't have to... No. no. You're not, probably not wrong. I... But, like, Uncut Gems for me yeah. is, is... Uncut Gems is a... More Oscar choice. <laughs> Not necessarily. It's a it's a pretty anti Oscar movie in a lot of ways. Um, but it's a movie <laughs> that relies on the like tension. the tension and how it's cut together and like it just builds and builds and builds and builds and builds. And so to be able to place those shots together and to be able to like that's definitely the directors because uh, one of the directors, uh, Benny, is is one of the editors as well, um, and. He just had, like, you have to place that together, right? You have to know what you're doing in that to make that film work, even as much as it does or doesn't, depending on your thoughts. Yeah. Annabelle Creation. You know, we had. We had. Yeah. We had. Yeah. Oh, gotta, gotta edit Bob. Uh, all right. Best sound mixing. Best sound mixing. Now, mixing is the levels, right? Uh-huh. All right, we got Ad Astra. Mm-hmm. Ford Ferrari. Joker. Uh-huh. 
Joker is not well sound mixed as Anne and I continue to raise it and lower it throughout the entire film. Um, oh, that's probably a problem with your sound system then, actually. Just telling you the response to that, which I don't agree with. Okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Just because you make your dialogue really quiet and your score really loud, it's a choice. 1917. Yeah. Uh-huh. And Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um. If I make a statement. Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was pretty good. I yeah. didn't feel like <laughs> it wasn't too loud. It wasn't too quiet. 1917 also pretty good. <laughs> You're like just on volume levels. <laughs> I don't know how else sound mixing works if I'm gonna be honest. Um, I agree with you. I was just gonna combine these together and be like, listen, the sound editing category, the same films except for switch out Ad Astra for Star Wars. Okay, um, let's put it all together. Josh, this I don't <laughs> I really struggle with sound because I'm like, it, do- it works. It works. It does it. Um, here's my thought. I think the two front runners uh-huh. are, and I, 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 Ford v Ferrari, Vroom Vrooms. <laughs> yeah, all the Vrooms. They're good Vrooms. They're good Vrooms. And Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. Because Tarantino mixes in not only music and score, but he's got a lot of, like, background interstitial, like, commercials and things along those lines to help build, I'm going to use a pretentious word, uh, soundscape that goes into his film as well. And I think that works really well. And, yeah, so those would be my two things. No argument from Kylie. Yeah, I think uh, Vroom Vroom's winning. Both. Uh, 1917 could also win this because you know what this category traditionally likes? War. War. Yeah. We gotta have lots of sound. All those pew-pews and booms. This has been the least helpful category. Great, okay. I, I, you know, 1917, I liked it, okay? I like 1917. Also, I like Ford I Am I the Academy? It's okay. I, wait, are you... Are you the men in the academy and I'm the women in the academy? Is that what this is? Gosh, some women might like it too! <laughs> yeah, some men might like Little Women. Okay, fine. Alright, best original song. Um, we have I Like Me by uh, McGruff the Crime Dog. <laughs> uh, winner right there. I'm Gonna Love Me Again from Rocket Man by Elton John. I'm Standing With You from Breakthrough. Into the Unknown from Frozen 2. Stand Up from Harriet. Alright. Well, uh. I. I okay. I, <laughs> these are some songs. Yeah. Can I defend this category really fast? This is not a good year to defend this category with, but I like this category. Yeah. But I want to make. That's how Eminem is in the Academy. Yes. But I want to make a, an an amendment at some point to this category. Okay. I like the idea of best original song. Okay. However, the complaint against this category is usually this itself is about songwriting and like not and so like this is not really a movie thing so why does this category exist? If I think it's use in a movie, and I would really be tempted to find some way to like want to quantify it with not only original song, but it's got to be it's it's use in the movie as well. 
and not and I think that's really important to the actual storytelling of it. So like when I see something like I mean the only one of these nominations that actually is used in the film that I know of there's two. There's I can't let you throw yourself away from Toy Story 4 and Into the Unknown from Frozen 2. I think the other three are credit songs. I don't know for sure about Breakthrough. I haven't seen it. Um, but I'm pretty sure it plays over the credits. But it could be a montage. Um, with I Can't Let You Throw Yourself Away and Into the Unknown, there, there are two different uses. There's a musical and there is a, a song that's scoring the events of the scene. And when you do stuff like that, I think it works really well. Those are the nominations that I like. Um... I think there is a good way to use a credit song to help build, to help like conclude your film or like to really leave your audience with the feeling that you want. And I'm Gonna Love Me Again from Rocket Man is a good one, but another song that was on the short list that I think deserves to be here because of that is a song called A Glass of Soju from Parasite. Like, it's just this kind of, like, upbeat song, and, like, you're just kind of dancing around the theater, and you're like, yeah, like, this is the way that Bong Joon-ho wanted us to feel at the end of this movie, is like, guys, we went on this adventure together. This wasn't a good time. It was great. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like, sure, but we don't get things like Lasko, No Place Like Home by uh, Mary Steenburgen. 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 I mean, I agree with you. But That's the song that should be here. That's the, the song, song that should win. Song of the year. I saw Wild Rose two nights ago. Friday night? Friday night, I think. Gosh, the movie is great. I like that movie a lot. Here we are, not talking about anything in Wild Rose. <laughs> well, listen, when we get to the duckies... I'm just going to win everything. <laughs> Josh, yeah, Josh. yeah. Jesse Buckley's walking away with it. <laughs> um, Julie Walters walking away with it. I'm gonna let you know, Julie Walters might have snuck into mine too. Jesse Buckley was close, real close, sneaking in. I'm excited to talk about them. All right. Oh, I haven't even started yet. Um, I don't know what the categories are. We'll get there. We'll get same as last year. I don't remember. <laughs> Can we make some you, amendments? You, yeah, absolutely. I think we should only... I don't think we should allow any of these, like, honorable mentions. I think it should be ten. Okay. Don't do honorable mentions. Oh. Yeah. All right. All right. Then I think we're going to change some categories then. Because <laughs> I'm going to tell you best comedic performance. That's, uh... That rules out a lot of my favorite performances. Not saying that there's not good comedic performances, but like finding ten of them is hard. So I'm gonna start doing Golden Globes cheating then. We can start doing. We can knock I'm gonna it down be down like Leo was hilarious. We can knock it down to five. I mean, period. <laughs> End of story. <laughs> okay, well the duckies are gonna have some thoughts on everybody. Um, we, we should change this year like the Oscars changed. What they change? Oh, they changed the name of a category. Well, there's five people in best costume. They uh, only had a. They almost had a popular film. Almost. Um. All right. Um. Stand up from Harriet. I don't know. It's a. It's it's song. It's a trailer song. Like it's like motivational. Yeah. Cool. Any other thoughts on best song? No. Kay. Randy Newman's "I Can't Let You Throw My Yourself Away" is the stupidest and worst song of the year, it's and a I gem. hate it. No. It's a great gem. Josh. I'm on board. Josh. Yeah. No. Yeah awful it's not it 
It's not even bottom ten Randy Newman. That doesn't matter that it's not also as awful as the rest of his work. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. I mean, a 0% is worse than a 42%. However, they both fail. (laughs) I like it. It's a good song. It's fun. I listen to it just for funsies. I might not watch the Oscars because of it. I don't. Who do you think is going to perform it? Randy. Himself? Yes. Okay. What if they get What if they get Tom to perform it? <sighs> Doesn't matter. Nothing's going to fix the song. <sighs> I think I think Tom might. Who's going to win? Elton John. Elton John. Yep. Because <laughs> he on the Golden Globe stage said, Me and Bernie have never won an award together before tonight. And so the Oscars also want to give that to them. Aww. That's yeah. sweet. Yeah. Absolutely. Alright. Best original score. Joker. We should we should try okay, I realize what I did, but we should try for names here as well. I'm sorry. Joker by Hildur <laughs> Yep. Hildur. <laughs> Little Woman by Alexander Desplat. Uh-huh. Marriage Story by Randy Newman. Uh-huh. 1917 by Thomas Newman. Uh-huh. And Star Wars Rise of Skywalker by John Williams. Um, a category that I like all of the nominees. I actually think these are all good nominees. Weird. I don't think Joker is a good nominee. Okay. Um, I, I would not... <laughs> I wouldn't nominate Joker by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not what I'm saying. Um, but if there is an element to that film that, I guess, doesn't bother me, it's probably the score. Here's why it doesn't work. Okay. Here's why it's bad. Yeah. It doesn't fit with the tone of the film at times, and it doesn't, it, it doesn't all come together. Maybe if I listen to the score outside of the movie, but this score does not match with the things that we are being shown on the screen and what I think we're supposed to feel in certain scenes. Fair enough. They do not, the emotions of them do not match. And I just... I wonder if... I mean, and I don't know how far in advance stuff was planned and changed, because, I mean, my my instinct is to be like, well, how much of that is just Phillips, like, going off the rails? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I don't want to throw that on, under him, on, like, throw him under the bus that much. Um, I don't, I mean, maybe I don't, maybe it's because I didn't enjoy watching the movie and the score was one of the things that I was like, this is, this, this music's not bad. Thank you. Sure, the music's not bad. Yeah. It's, I agree with you. Shouldn't necessarily be here, but like, whatevs. Also, we, we, we've got a woman nominated in a category here, everybody. I know, and I feel bad that I am uh, <laughs> taking her to task. <laughs> um, the other thing that I guess is true is it seems to be the score is one of the elements of that movie that is penetrating in the culture a little bit. Because like there are just, like, the Joker score itself is being used to meme out things. So, I mean, I don't know if that, and that is means it's good, but it's prevalent. Guys, we are... We are using rock and roll part two to meme out things. Um. Yes. All right. Um, I skipped over a bunch of things. You so did. We're going to, well, hang on. We we're, we're not gonna... anywhere near done with this category. Oh, uh, what are you going to talk um, about? Scores that should have been nominated, Josh? I don't know. John Wick chapter three. 
Okay. That's not true. I think that Parasite. Uh huh. Uncut Gems. Yes. Lighthouse. Uh huh. And The Farewell. Yeah. All great scores. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the only other one that I have is The Last Black Man in San Francisco, which I think really adds to that movie as well. And that's a movie that got completely overlooked here, and we'll talk more about it on the duckies. Um, but uh, I just wanted to really quick your thoughts on uh, John Williams, 52. This is his 52nd Oscar nomination. How, how are you feeling about that, that, that score there? I don't. Okay. I think this is his. I think this is a goodbye nomination. Yeah. I think that he's announced that not only is this his last Star Wars, there is a assumption and maybe a guess that he's retiring pretty much end of story. Um, well, you know, he's eighty seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. He's the father of the lead singer of Africa Toto. Yep. There you go. <laughs> Facts I learned on Thursday. Um, That's why lots of his scores sound like Toto, because <laughs> his son has worked with him. Okay, maybe not that on the oh, okay. nose. <laughs> um, yeah, you know that moment where Harry comes to Hogwarts? Anyway, uh, I mean, cool. Good job, John Williams. I don't necessarily think this specific Star Wars score is anything overtly special, but like as a, as a, like a hey, good job, buddy. You're great. You're probably the greatest living composer. All right. Cool. Good job. Okay, what you going back to? Uh, oh, I got off <laughs> of the page because I started looking around. All right, costume design. Okay. We got the Irishman. Uh-huh. Seems like lots of suits. Yep. Jojo Rabbit. I mean, Sam Rockwell has a amazing outfit, and I think that it's well-deserved. <laughs> okay, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> Joker. Uh-huh. Little uh-huh. Women. Yeah. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Great. Um... There seems to be more, I'm not going to say contemporary, because like they're all period pieces, but like there seems to be less like just fancy people in dresses in this category this year. Yeah, it's not a British period piece. Yeah. Like, the, the one that actually I was surprised didn't get nominated, because I thought it was a lock-in, was Downton Abbey. Yeah. Because it's an old British yeah, piece. That's a good call. Thank you. Um, yeah. So, I, I everything is a period piece, um, and the costumes are um, good for some of these. I think that, like, in terms of building the world, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood does really well. I mean, the Irishman is like... I, lots of suits. Lots of suits. But also, like, <laughs> lots of Hawaiian shirts, because, like, we spend some time in Florida, and, like, c- cool, I guess. Um, uh they get old, all right, great. Old men in, in old men clothes. I don't know. It, that That's the weird nomination to me. That and Joker. Joker, to me... So, like, Joker compared to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood feels like a film that is set in that world. Joker feels like, I don't know, that day in, in high school when they're like, It's 80s day! And everybody comes and, like their 80s clothes. I'm gonna let you know it's not like that because people think that the 50s is every decade until the 90s. So on 80s day, everyone comes in in 50s gear. And side ponytails. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) leg warmers. Yeah. Yeah, great. Um... Does but, the Joker uh, take place in the 80s? It's technically 1980 is when it takes uh. place. I read, I was like that. Because I thought it was very late 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, but like they're like, no, it's the early 80s. Well, the costuming like, yeah. didn't tell me that. 
Um, right. my, my, my costuming ones I want to shout out, uh, for a contemporary one, I like Knives Out. Knives Out costuming is really solid. I think that, like, you're just having a good time there. And then, um... Rocket Man? Can Rocket Man get some costume love? Like, we created really successfully lots of Elton John things, and Taron looks great in them. Like, Rocket Man. Can we get some Rocket Man love? Yeah, sure. Okay, great. Perfect. If that orange... Us? 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 <laughs> I mean, us is very specific. Us sat in there for a long time. Uh, shout out again to Wild Rose, because, like, her, like... Uh, Jesse Buckley's just, like, constant, like, I'm gonna be in Nashville costumes. Make my day. Mm -hmm. Every day. White boots all day. Alright, what's next? Hair and makeup. Bombshell. Sure. Because they made me not think Charlize Theron was in this film. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. Joker. Because they made me think Joaquin Phoenix was actually in this film as himself. Judy. (sighs) Uh-huh. Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. Uh-huh. We can't judge. We haven't seen it. Yeah. <laughs> Nineteen seventeen. Okay, I've seen the trailer. I've seen the hair and makeup. There might be something else. There might be a whole scene. Yeah. Where we're missing. Maybe instead of CGI dragon, it's just like a hair and makeup dragon on top of Angelina Jolie. Nineteen seventeen. <laughs> Why is nineteen seventeen here? I don't know. People. I guess it's for a scene where someone bleeds out and they get really pale. <laughs> Ow! Oh. Yeah, how'd they do that? I think we forget. (laughs) (laughs) One take. (laughs) I was like, did they just like, 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 color correct its face? Oh, that's visual effects! There it is. Great. Yeah, I know, when they, when the hand on the barbed wire, ow, oh, it's bleeding. Oh, look at all this makeup. (laughs) Yeah, I don't. They had to fit five in here, so. <laughs> um, Judy just seems like a, it's a, tra- Judy and Bombshell, I think, are the same type of nomination. It's just a one person, or not one person, but like, it's a transformation nomination. A yeah. Um, we'll get to Judy. We'll talk about it. Um, Bombshell? Bombshell's going to win this category. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe they'll give it to, I don't know. Like, because there's not, like, outside of 1917 and Joker, none of the rest of these, we're just, we just, every time they paint someone as Joker, we give them hair and makeup? Is that what we do now? Joker's winning this. There it is. I, I, okay, I don't think that they won because of Joker in Suicide Squad. I think it was for Killer Croc. You're probably right. Okay. Like, which was a good piece of, like, makeup paint. Yeah. Give it an Oscar. Okay. I... (laughs) I'm sorry. You're not the only person that does this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's because it's dumb. It's because it shouldn't have happened. Okay, well, I'm sorry. It did. I know. Now you just gotta get over it. Stop being a whiner. Oh, that's what I do. Okay, <laughs> whatever. I don't care about hair and stupid makeup. Who's winning? I don't care. <laughs> gotta pick someone. I've... Market zero. Bombshell. Okay, great. I didn't know Charlie's... I didn't know that was Charlie's Theron for the longest time. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> All right. Cinematography. Lighthouse. 1917. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Joker and Irishman. 
Guys, the lighthouse is here. I feel like we're just repeating the same movies over and over again. This is boring. We are because this year was a really small pool. Like, there was Joker got 11 nominations. Ugh, a sentence that pains me to my core. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, 1917, and The Irishman are the ones that we keep saying over and over again. Well, yes, and, like, so Once Upon a Time and Irishman each got 10, and then uh, 1917, I think, has 8 or 9, and then even, like, Little Women and JoJo have 6. has 10. Has 10 also? Yeah, okay. so it's Joker, Irish, so Joker 11, then for 10, Irishman 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, then 6, JoJo Rabbit, Little Women, Marriage Story, Parasite, 4, 4 Weeks Ferrari, 3 Bombshells, Star Wars, and 2 Popes. So, like... We, there's a lot of, the nominations are bunched up between a lot of, like, between a small number of films this year, um, which I don't personally believe is representative of this year as a whole. I think 19, 2019 actually came together, surprisingly, as a really good year for movies. And I don't necessarily, th- I think part of the underwhelming things about the Oscar nominations is I don't think it's representative. I think it's like, there's like five good movies, and that's just not, to me, not true. Alright, so cinematography. The lighthouse should win. They put it sideways. <laughs> um, Aspect ratio. Okay. So, I... I don't want to beat the same dead horse. You're gonna um, give it to Once Upon a Time. You're gonna not give it to Joker. I'm not gonna give it to Joker. I also not gonna, not give, gonna it give it to the, the Irishman. Irishman because, like, you're not so in love with that film. It's fine. Remember when Silence was nominated for cinematography? Remember yeah. when you hated Silence? I don't hate Silence. It's just kind of long and boring. Oh, oh, oh. Um. <laughs> Guys, there was a part in the podcast where they just mumbled sounds for a while, and they called it analysis. <laughs> okay. I still have to watch The Irishman, which, like, I don't want to. <laughs> I can't tell you. Thanks for your support there. You got up. this. You can do it. It's, it's, okay, anyways. Um, of the ones that I have seen, Joker, Lighthouse, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I don't really know what cinematography is, just Cinem- how something looks. So cinematography is Choices. the, uh, the look of the shot mm-hmm. on the screen, which includes, uh, the lighting, the lens you use, the angle you shoot at, um, the color palette you're using, many things that come together to make a look. It's almost as if you're creating a painting with each frame that's up there. Okay, so we're going to give it to the lighthouse because it's black and white. Ah, there you go. I mean, that's why I think the lighthouse is here. Because, <laughs> because they, it's black and white. Because they like one stylized black and white movie to be here. I mean, last year, I think Cold War ended up being in here as well. Um, but that's not why Cold War got it. I'll tell you why Cold War okay. got cinematography right. nom. Because that film changes its style of filmmaking throughout it. Okay. So it goes like French films. I think it has like sections a section for like Italian films. Uh-huh. And so I think that's why it okay. gets it. I think nice. that's why it gets the cinematography. Not just because it's black but and white. But it also clicks the black and white box. <laughs> yeah, it's French. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Um, Deacons in, I think Deacons is going to win this. I would, I'd be shocked if he didn't. Oh yeah, yeah. 1917 looks great. Uh, it does. <laughs> like that's the star of that movie. That movie is cinematography and nothing else. Um, 
Irishman and Joker, I would kick out. The, I will say the one that I was surprised that's not here, not just being like, yeah, I would love Ad Astra to be here, or I'd love The Last Black Man in San Francisco to be here, but like, I understand those are unrealistic not wants. Parasite's not here. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is something that I, th- that I was really kind of surprised about, because the look of that movie is so specific, and so, like, you, he... They have to build two or three contrasting worlds against each other to not only show, like, where the scenes happen, but, like, the literal class disparity that the film is about is represented in these three different styles and shots and the way they're going through, whether it be the Park family's um, house or the um, the Kim, Kim family's, uh, like, underground basement or the third area, which I won't spoil because I won't spoil a parasite. Um, Backyard. um so yes i that to me is just one that i was surprised is not here listen john with chapter three parabellum okay yeah (laughs) let's talk about it i'm (laughs) i mean that's the that's like one of the (laughs) best like it's a highly stylized action film so i'm just like we gotta give it cinematography yeah it looks good it's a beautiful movie yeah no, but we just should pick all the boring ones. And Joker. The boring ones. Oh, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough, yeah. Um. This is things you can touch. We have the Irishman. Yeah, uh-huh. Which you can't touch robert de niro or joe pesci or the other guy because they're being de-aged uh-huh jojo rabbit um 1917 once upon a time in hollywood and parasite yeah good category um production design being it's set it's set design That's it's props you can touch yeah it's set and props oh no end game what uh Sorry, it's all green screen. Um, yeah, so it's set in props, basically, and then the physical art direction of the movie as well. Um, these are all... They all they're all good. They all build a world. I, I don't have any real complaints for anything being in here. Um, I specifically, with 1917... They literally, they, they had to dig the trenches again to do that. And, like, even just sheer effort. Um, but if you think about how that movie and that one-take structure of it, that means that everything that's happening in and out of each of the frames has to keep going, which means that they have to literally be... The, the set that they have to build is bigger and wider and more beyond than what they will ever even film, which I think is kind of cool there as well. Um, that house in Parasite is completely all built. Um, like, like, it's just that. Yeah. Um, JoJo is the interesting one here for me, not because I wouldn't have it here, but because I was like, okay. I mean, I just, I just didn't... Like, cool. We created the 40s in Germany. Um, and, like, I feel like there, I don't know. I just don't know, like, what was unique and special about that specific creation. What about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Hollywood, I feel similarly, but I, I guess... To me? Yeah. It, so, like, 
the two main sets that I can think of that like are quote um, impressive are like the film set that he's on the uh-huh. TV set yeah but like that just looked and felt like a regular TV which set, it probably which was it shouldn't be that hard to yeah I, I can't I'm not gonna, I'm gonna listen it was made by two ladies <laughs> yeah I mean they had the hard task of this is why I'm like I agree with you it's probably on the bottom of this list mm-hmm. but it, it's fine because they had the hard task of taking something like Hollywood in 2019 and making it look like 1960s Hollywood mm-hmm. and that's a hard task you know like it's a lot of things in finding but like it's not recreating something there's like like you said that western set exists like they found it and probably shot at it it's probably on the universal lot. Yeah, and then the ranch that they go to. Uh huh. With the, where the family is. Spawn Ranch. Spawn yeah. Ranch. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I, I'm just. I'm just not interested in touching all the things there. Um, my like things that like if I if I was switching those two out, mm-hmm. um, I would want to put in. I would want to put in Knives Out oh. because again. Like, I think that's, like, that feels like a, a book. Like, it feels like a house in a book. And then, of course, Little Women. I think that you're rebuilding and recreating 19, early, or Civil War era, um, North, uh, Massachusetts and New York. I want to put something back in best visual effects. Okay. All right. Okay, hear me out. Okay. Because I, Detective Pikachu. Okay, yeah. Because, yeah, I'm tired of Endgame, Avengers, Star Wars, great. But, I something about when they have there's something about the Pokemon that they created because they created it on film uh-huh. which I just thought was very interesting I mean, we, didn't, we don't care I also think that Detective Pikachu it was in my top 5 for a real long time like I think that that's good work I think that to make those animals look as integrated they're not into animals, the world, Pokemon sorry to make those Pokemon <laughs> those creatures look as um, those pocket monsters look as integrated to the world as they do I think is really impressive mm-hmm. yeah Thank you. I'm glad that you agree with me. Yeah. You usually humor me. <laughs> sure, Kylie. Talk about John Wick Chapter 3. We didn't get a popular Oscar, so Keanu never is going to get one. Kylie, your opinion not only matters, it's very important to me. I like <laughs> listening to it. I like supporting it, <laughs> even if I don't bro- agree with it. I'm here for the bros. Um, <laughs> I am the Kylie. I speak for the bros. <laughs> Can we skip documentary? I haven't seen enough of them yet. Um, yeah, I've only seen two. Okay. We'll get back to documentary. Here's what I will say really fast about documentary. We are going to skip it for the most part. Here's what I will say. If you are interested in watching these five films, American Factory is on Netflix. The Cave You Can Rent on Amazon. The Edge of Democracy, Edge of Democracy is on Netflix. For Sama is streaming on PBS's app. And Honeyland is on Hulu. Okay. <laughs> Can we skip Best International Film? Corpus Christi, Honeyland, Les Mis, Pain and Glory, and Parasite. Um, Parasite's gonna win. Parasite's gonna win. Um, I th- oh, on Doc, I think Honeyland's gonna win because it's nominated in both categories. Okay. Um, Pain and Glory is coming out on DVD soon, and um, the other th- Honeyland's already available. Uh, Les Mis and Corpus Christi are still technically in theatrical runs. I think Corpus Christi doesn't actually go wide until February this year. So just keep an eye out for those films. Um, I've heard they're all pretty good. Uh, The only thing I will say about this is there's one film missing here that's also getting a release in February here. And that is um, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, um, which uh, is one of the 
is reviewed as one of the better international films of the year, and it, it's just not here because France was like, we're going to submit this Les Mis film instead. Um, and so keep an eye out for that one to see if it's great as well. Um, but yeah, Parasite's going to win. Best animated feature. How to Train Your Dragon in the Hidden World. I Lost My Body. Klaus. Missing Link in Toy Story 4. Do you want my not-so-hot take about animated features this year? They suck. They weren't very good. I know. Oh, Josh, I know. Um, I like a lot of these movies. I don't love any of them. Even Toy Story 4 is fine. I like Forky. I like some of the characters. I think it's a fine movie, but I have complaints. I have issues. I'm looking at my animated films of this year... I don't, I, my favorite one is probably Dragon Ball Z Brawly, but I mean, it's not a particularly great film. Right. I will say we have yet to see Spies in Disguise, which I True. do want to remedy. We gotta do that quick. Yeah, yes. Um, maybe after Organization and Charlie Shots. I don't know if there's late show times, but we maybe. Do you have to work tomorrow? Um, I have to work in the afternoon oh. tomorrow. Um, so if there's an early show time, we may be able to swing that. Um. Yeah, I think, yeah, animation this year, I think, was particularly weak. Um, Pixar didn't come out with an original film. Uh-huh. And Disney did not either, which, so, I, that's not to say that, like, Frozen 2 doesn't have its merits or wasn't good or anything. However, it just. I mean, you asked me why it wasn't here. Well, yeah. And and my answer to that is, my actual answer is, the film doesn't make a lot of sense. Okay, that's fine. You like, missing Link. No, yeah, correct. <laughs> um, missing Link is a simpler story though, and like if you're telling it from beginning to end, and it's claymation, yeah. so it's its own thing. Yeah. I haven't seen Klaus. I want to say I lost my body, but I lost my body. It's not gonna win because every year, every year, animation does this. It always puts in. A international animated film that no one has heard of, but I'm like, ooh, I'm so excited to see that. Uh -huh. Everyone complains that the Lego movie didn't get nominated, but Song of the Sea does. I like that they put in the international film. I mean, I would like them to maybe win a little bit more, but honestly, at the end of the day, for most of these films, the fact that you're here and nominated, I think, is good. People know what I Lost My Body is now. They'll hear it. The thing about I Lost My Body is it was bought by Netflix, so you can watch it right now if you have Netflix. I will say, look at your audio settings because it's going to start out in English dubbed, and that's not the original language. Uh, French is the original language, and it'll tell you that on there. Um, however, the English dub does have Dev Patel as the lead character, so, like, there you go. Um, yeah, so. How's he have voice work? Uh, I only listened to it for like five minutes, and then I went, no, I want the original. Not good um, <laughs> Is what you're saying. <laughs> it was fine. Um, I only saw, I only have logged seven animated films this year, which is... Yeah. And I just, I don't know, nothing sparks. My top five kind of match this a little bit. I've got Klaus, like Klaus, which I watched on Oscar nomination morning. I ended up really liking that movie. Um, it's, I, but for me, there's, it's 2D animation. Like, it's 2D animation with 3D light shading, and it looks gorgeous. And, like, give me some classic 2D animation. I'm on board. Let's bring back 2D. Um, Klaus, 
Abominable? Abominable is just cute. It's not great, but it's cute. Like, it should probably be here. Uh, Frozen 2, I lost my body in Toy Story 4. So, like, I have really similar ones as well. It's just nothing that I super loved. I guess for me, How to Train Your Dragon 3 was animated really well, but I never fell in love with the the story or the characters that it was personally telling. Oh, we forgot all the original songs from the Lego Movie 2. Gotham City Boys, that should have been nominated. Oh, Gotham City Guys? Yeah. Uh, catchy song. <laughs> it's not so catchy. It's not in my head though. It's a good song though. It's fun. Um. Okay. What? will this one's a hard one to pick. Like I don't. I don't Missing think Link. I know who's gonna win. Missing Link. I think Missing Link is probably a good bet. Um, because they want to make up for Kubo. Mm. However, they might have heard the kind of. Uh, oh, from the, the Golden Globes. And they might go with something else. Um, I don't think they want to give it to Netflix, so that leaves Toy Story 4, as I think... I or mean, How to Train Your Dragon. 3, which they've not given that franchise anything. Mm-hmm. It might be an, like, let's award the franchise situation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Alright, best adapted screenplay. <laughs> okay. Irishman, from, based on the book I Heard You Paint Houses, which is... A statement I sometimes have texted to Josh, <laughs> waiting for him to finally uh, get the reference. I got there. I got All there. Right. By Steve Zalian. Uh-huh. Um, Jojo Rabbit by Taika Waititi, based on the novel Caging Skies. Which is not a comedic novel. Okay. <laughs> Full choice there, Taika. <laughs> Joker by Todd Phillips and Scott Silver, based on The Killing Joke. Really? Mm-hmm. No, it just says based on characters by Bill Finger, okay. Bob Kane, and That's Jerry what Robinson. I would think, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I, there's so much killing joke. In, there's so much. Oh, okay. Uh, just like even, just, okay. Uh, Little, Wormen, Little Women, Greta Gerwig, based on the novel by Louisa May Alcott. Mm-hmm. And The Two Popes, based on, by Anthony McCracken. How many popes are there? Based on his play, The Pope. Wait, how many popes are there? Two. What, there's two? There's two popes. Um, Little women? My dream, this is my dream, is that we have we have him and hers Oscars for Noah Baumbach and Greta Gerwig. Um, I adapted is a tricky. is a tricky one because I'm not totally in love with any of them. I mean. <laughs> Little Women? I like Little Women's adaptation. I actually think that it's a good adaptation of that book for what 2019 needs and wants that film to be. Um, And so I would defend that adaptation, actually. Absolutely. Um, However... I wasn't slamming it. I know it might have sound like I was. I just forgot about it. I'm um, sorry, everyone. No, you're fine. (laughs) Uh, I feel like The Irishman's gonna win just because, like, I don't think it's gonna win much else. And this might be... And I, I feel like they're going to feel more bad about leaving out Marty's film than Greta's film. I'm in a bold statement. Yeah. Taika. Okay. <laughs> they want to kind of anoint Taika? Have you heard... So he was... He, this is not his first time being nominated. He had short film that was nominated. Yes. And he told all the people in the category that when they introduced them, they should all be pretending to be asleep. And he was the only one that went through with it. And I yell at you, you cowards. 
I like it. Good job, Taika. And therefore, Taika Waititi should win this Oscar. Yes, good job, Taika. Um, the Two Popes is is uh, seems I've not read the play, but it seems like a really straight adaptation of the play. Like it's a lot of sitting and talking, and the director of City of God trying to make it look interesting. Oh, okay. Well, okay. I'm not gonna not a straight comparison, but uh, <laughs> my statement is gonna be like, oh, fences. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So lots of talking. Perfect. Yeah. Best original screenplay. Uh, uh wait. Uh, before, sorry. Uh, what sh- what might also be in there? I'm surprised and kind of sad that the screenplay for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood didn't make it in. Um, I actually Based off of it's, call him a hero. Call. Can you call him a hero? Or how do you say hero? What do you call a hero? It's something like, I've read read that article. Um, I actually think that that's a really beautiful screenplay and it's a beautiful story. um, And that the fact that um, Tom Hanks is not actually the lead of that film. The lead of that film is Matthew Reese, who plays this reporter. And just the really personal family story that it tells... Mm -hmm. I really like that that screenplay a lot, and I think that it does justice to not only Mr. Rogers, but the other characters in that movie. I think what's also interesting about it is that when we've talked about Mr. Rogers in the past, we talk about it a lot in, in terms of people's childhood, and I think that what this screenplay did really well is that it talks about the effect of Mr. that Mr. Rogers can still have on adults. Yeah. Because a lot of times it's oh, great, for my childhood, and blah, 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 yeah. and having never had Mr. Rogers in my childhood, being able to reckon with um, the ideals of Mr. Rogers as an adult, I think was very powerful and very um, well done. Because yeah. that, like, yeah. when I saw that, I was like, Pfft. I'm not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so was the reporter. Yeah, I, uh, me and him are the. And I'm just really kind of like, I'm just kind of like Mrs. Rogers in that movie, where I'm like, oh, just you wait, dearie, he'll have an effect on you. And I'm like, and I'm like Lloyd Vogel, and I'm like, get away from me, lady. <laughs> and by the end of it, you're like, oh god, Mr. Rogers. Oh, yeah, they get it, Mr. <laughs> That was, like, one of the longest reviews I wrote for this year. It was just like, Mr. Rogers so <laughs> She finally gets it, everybody. She finally understands why I love Mr. Rogers. I finally got it. And all it took was the hand of Tom Hanks. Um, that's a good movie. Okay, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood is the type of movie why I think 2019 is a good year. Because, like, they have so many other movies that I love more than that movie. But that's a good movie. It's really solid. And it sits with me really well. Mariel Heller, I'm really coming around, like, loving her a lot. All right. Um, what else did she do? She did something else um, or, Can You Ever or? Forgive Me? Mm, and you. then Diary of a Teenage Girl. Ah, yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, best Original Screenplay. Knives Out, Ryan Johnson. Ching, ching, ching. Those are my knives. They're um, out. Weird. Uh, Marriage Story, Noah Bombach. <laughs> 1917, Sam Mendes. Hmm. And? Sorry. Oh, and uh, Christy Wilson. Carnes? Cranes? Carnes? Sure. Yeah. Sorry, I was mean. Hmm. Oh, yes. The <laughs> screenplay of this. Oh, yeah, we'll get there. Yes, that's your thought. <laughs> yeah, that's the good thought. Yes. Hmm. 
Yes. <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood by Quentin Tarantino and Parasite by Bong Joon-ho. And... Oh, and Han Ween... Han, Han Jin Wan. Um... 1917? You know. <laughs> he runs... Things explode. There are, like, there are some scenes where there's some talky-talks and I actually like it, but, like, when I think about the screenplay, I'm not like, you know what? Yeah. Like, the words are the really powerful moments. And I get that, like, you have to write the visuals also. That Mm -hmm. is a part of screenplay writing, and I'm not trying to belittle that by any means. But what is on page for dialogue and words is all just seems like interstitial exposition designed to tie us together and give us whatever emotional journey there is to that film. And I will personally say that, like, for me in 1917, what didn't work for me was the emotional journey of the main character. Oh, man, all um, I was was emotional. <laughs> I was crying. I was mostly just, like, there for, like, oh, pretty technicals. Look at their pretty. Um, so, I think maybe your buy-in to the emotional journey of the character... It's George McKay's face. ...is your acceptance of the screenplay or not. Yeah. Um, I think that Quentin Tarantino's gonna win. I think that he's either gonna win this or director. I don't, I don't think both. I think this is what they... So if that statement's true, which I tend to agree with, then I don't think he's winning here. He's winning director. Because he doesn't have one of those. That's fine. Just keep, just keep him at screenplay. It's fine there. Um, if I'm being honest with you, I don't love the screenplay from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think it's one of his weaker efforts, but again, to like do the Randy Newman thing, one of Tarantino's weaker efforts is still probably better than most scripts in all the world. Sure, that's probably true. It just, the screenplay of that movie never quite satisfactorily hits home the way some of his other ones do. And I'm not sure if in the actual text of the script, his themes are as developed and interested as what comes together when he puts it together as the whole. Like, if somebody... Like, if Quentin wrote this script and gave it to somebody else to direct, I don't think the movie would be as satisfying or as good, as well-respected as it is now. Um, Uncut Gems should be here. Uncut Gems. <laughs> the Farewell. The Farewell. The Farewell is my, like, why is The Farewell not... I mean, why is The Farewell not here, period, end of story? Like, there are zero nominations for that amazing movie. That movie that is about... That's so beautiful and touching and wonderful. And the fact that The Farewell is nowhere on these nominations is probably the thing that I am, like, almost the most livid about. Like, th- like... No farewell and 11 Joker nominations. What are we even doing, everybody? Why are we even trying to honor good films if that's what we're going to do? Stupid Academy. Yeah, anyways, um, I think Marriage Story is going to win this. Um, Best Supporting Actress. Yeah, I, 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 would, I would maybe agree with you. I think that this might also be the, the um, like, this know? might be Bong's win. Um, I would love Rain to win here, but that's not happening. Well, here's the... Well, here's the thing. He's gonna win Best International, so maybe they'll just relegate that to being, like, they might. enough. Yeah. Truthfully, I would... I want Parasite to win all six that it's nominated for, but that's just not gonna happen. Okay, so Best Supporting Actress... 
We have a weird choice. <laughs> Started off. We're gonna start with like Happy Bates for Richard Jewell. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I mean, she won Best Tweet of the Year, but she did. <laughs> I, um, Laura Dern for Marriage Story, Scarlett Johansson for Jojo Rabbit, Florence Pugh for Little Women, and Margot Robbie for Bombshell. Can I say something? Yeah. I don't. I don't love love this pool. <laughs> it's a. <laughs> Yes. It's a choice. <laughs> there are two that I would keep. Laura and Florence. Yes. Um, I... Okay, I might even keep Margot, but i do it for the other movie. Once upon a time. Oh, okay. Because, like, yes, I get it, everybody. We're upset because she doesn't have a lot of lines. But what she does in that movie is so much more impactful and powerful than speaking... Uh, I would give it to her for that if I'm going to nominate Margot this year. Um, let's see. Who are some of my nominees? Grandma from The Farewell. Uh, Zhao Zhuzhen. Yeah. And then the daughter from Parasite. Park So Dam. Mm-hmm. There's no women in the lighthouse. No real women in Rocket Okay, I mean, I'm, while you're looking through there, uh, the the biggest snub I think of the entire day was Jennifer Lopez not being in this category. I was getting there. Um, Julie Walters. Julie Walters also. Um, Julie not being in this category is ridiculous. Like that is one of the more iconic and and well reviewed performances of the year. When you look back on 2019, you're gonna like that's something people are gonna look back and talk about, even if that movie itself maybe doesn't come together quite as a whole. Um, I like that movie a lot, but it doesn't. Um, that being said, her performance is outstanding, it is just a beautiful work of art to look at. And to put, I mean, I'm sorry, Kathy Bates, like, I, I Richard Jewell will be this is the first time in a while that I will have not seen one of the acting nominations because Richard Jewell left theaters before I could see it um, and is in no man's land it's not streaming anywhere right now um, so unless they bring it back but I mean I like Kathy Bates I'm sure she was good but like there's no need to nominate Kathy Bates again for this movie that nobody saw it didn't make any money like it's not that well reviewed it's pretty controversial like why are you putting Kathy Bates in here um, Margot Robbie, I like Margot Robbie, but, like, the bombshell performance or the Once Upon a Hollywood performance, not as good as J-Lo. And Scarjo getting two nominations is just kind of silly. I get that she's in two great movies, and that she's doing good work in both of them, but pick one. Pick one. For me, maybe even JoJo might be her better of the two performances of the year. I don't think she makes it into either of my lists, though she had a good year herself. Um, JoJo might be where she belongs. I just, I just can't believe that, like, these are the five. And again, nothing against them. I think Laura Dern's gonna win, and I like Laura Dern's performance. I think it's great. Um, but, like, Yeah. I think that's awarding Laura Dern because we like Laura Dern. Mm -hmm. Again, you could probably even also argue that she does more in Little Women than she does in Marriage Story. Okay. Um, my Some others that I had this year. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, oh, from Her Smell, I liked Agnes Dern. Um, 
I like Billy Lord a lot in Booksmart. Uh, listen, bad movie, good performance. Rebecca Ferguson, Doctor Sleep. Like, that's a great supporting performance. Yes. Um, I have Emma Thompson in Late Night. I have um, Shady. Interesting, because I cause go ahead. I think I uh, I feel like that film is more about Emma Thompson, so I would almost put her in lead. Uh, that's probably fair. Mindy Kaling as supporting. I mean, I th- I would also accept that as well. I guess just for me, like it's one of those movies where technically I think they're both leads. Mm-hmm. They're co-leads of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the point of view of the film is Mindy Kaling. Maybe more so from Mindy Kaling's, but there is enough scenes that without her that like it's arguable, and either way is fine. Yeah, I, um, Emma Thompson's character has the arc. Yes. And changes. Um. I think Mindy Kaling changes in a less obvious way, but she, you know, it's there too. Anyway, yes. Okay. Um, either one. Um, no, I'm right. <laughs> you are right. You are right. Uh, Shady Wright Joseph, who's the daughter in Us. Um, I really liked her performance. And then I have June Diane Rayfield in Longshot for a comedic performance. Yeah. Those would be some of the other ones that I would maybe consider. Best Supporting Actor, Hanks, Hopkins, Pacino, Pesci, Pitt. Uh, for Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Two Popes, Irishman Twice, and Hollywood. How many popes are there? Go. There, there's uh, how many popes? How many Irishmen are there? Oh, there's there's too many. There's too <laughs> many of them is how many there are. Josh. Yeah. What, what a bonkers. <laughs> You're giving it to Pitt. You know, Pitt. I'm, <laughs> I'm giving it to Hanks. You're probably correct. <laughs> yeah. But like... My head and my heart aren't on. I don't like that Pacino was here. I'm sorry. He yells. He just yells so much. And, like, it's better yelling than usual, but it's not great. <laughs> uh, the two, like, snubby snubs for this category for me. Also, Hopkins is just being angry Hopkins. He's trying. He's, like, acting. He, he did some acting required for this movie. But, like, uh, he's just... I don't know. It's it's he not my favorite of the two popes. Let's put that out there. Um, but um, Song Kang Ho not being here for Parasite was kind of upsetting. Yeah. I would have loved to see him here. He's a good representative for that cast. You probably can argue that it's an ensemble piece, uh, but Song Kang Ho is one of two performances for me that really sticks out in that movie. So like, I would definitely put him here. Um. My other one is um, a little bit more of a dream. Defoe. Defoe. Uh, I mean, listen, listen. Yeah, yeah. uh-huh. Listen. I think we also got to give it to Jamie Bell. Uh-huh, yeah, absolutely. Jamie Bell's wonderful, awesome. Um, Two quick other shouts are... Uh, Christian Bell is going to get nominated. That was wrong. Bale would be in lead. Because they're both the leads of that movie. Ugh. Alright, um, my two kind of long shots that I don't think ever really had a chance that I would have loved to see were Zai Ma for The Farewell, who plays uh, Aquafina's dad. Um, and then... The general. Uh, what? He's the general from The Lady Killers. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, Jonathan Majors from The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Chris Evans for Avengers. <laughs> Is Chris Evans like the the like the oh, one? Oh wait, no. Sorry. Oh <laughs> no. Sorry. I was gonna say, I was gonna say Noah Jupe, but not. He's actually the lead of the film. I want to give him the award <laughs> to. Yeah. What's is up? he? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um. 
is Chris Evans like the end game representative? Tim or Downey. Yeah. <laughs> um There's not any women to give that award to. I feel like culturally like Downey is the representative of that franchise, mm-hmm. but I think Evans actually has more to do in Endgame specifically, and it shines pretty brightly in that film. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, you got any other um any folks that should have been here? Yes. Best supporting actor. Yeah. 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 His name is Alessandro Nivola. You're the second person to quote this person to me in like three days. For the art of yeah. self defense. Yeah, I it it's on Hulu, and I, I almost got Anne to watch it the other night, so I'm gonna watch it at some point. No Ben Mendelsohn. No Ben Mendelsohn. What did he do this year? Captain Marvel. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I can't give it to him every single year. You know what? I even like Tommy Lee Jones and that Astra. Yeah. But no one cared about that movie. I care about Shadow that movie. And we'll talk more about it with the duckies. Peanut Butter Falcon and Honey Boy. Winston Duke and Us. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Fury from Captain Marvel. Uh, who's winning? We already talked about that. All right. Pit. Pit. But maybe Hanks. <laughs> but maybe. Give him three. Pit zero. Hanks three. Listen. <laughs> be okay with that world. <laughs> It'd be the world we're living in right now. <laughs> no, Hanks is left three oh, right sorry, now. Oh, two. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Best actress, Cynthia, Cynthia Erivo for Harriet. Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story, Saoirse Ronan for Little Women, Charlie Theron for Bombshell, and Renee Zellweger for Judy. <sighs> Can we start with Zellweger? Like, she's gonna win. And I'm gonna be really sad about it, because, like, this is this is actually a good year for Best Actress, and I'm, I'm, I'm real sorry that I don't think very many of them are represented here. Um, I think Zillweger is going to win because she's playing Judy Garland. I love Judy Garland. We've talked about this several times on this podcast. Um, my opinion on the movie Judy is that it's a caricature and it is, it's really campy. It's a really campy performance. And I get that it's appealing to some, but it, it doesn't work as an honest portrayal of a character. And even if you want to argue that, like, Judy Garland was an over-the-top person. I still didn't find any real honesty or believability to this to this role. Um, the movie itself, I don't think, is is all that great either. It's one of those classic like a movie is about a Hollywood person that is beloved because it's about a beloved figure. And I think that's why Renee Zellweger is going to win is because no other narrative has congealed nicely enough to steal it from her. Alright, so who would you put in? <laughs> um Oh, sorry. Uh um who would I put in? Aquafina. I'd put Aquafina in for sure. Um I would put Elizabeth Moss in for her smell. Like a film that's not represented at all, but like she's great. Um Ana de Armas, like I loved Ana de Armas and Knives Out. I think that's a really interesting and unique performance. Jesse Buckley. Uh, Jesse Buckley. I would actually take Florence Pugh's nomination from supporting and put her here for Midsummer. That's that's fine. Yeah, she's great in that movie. Um, she's the thing that works most about that movie. So, Cynthia Erivo in Harriet 
good performance. Like, she was in my five for a little bit this year. Um, a pretty... It's a problematic movie in the sense of it's that typical Oscar Beatty fare that, like, the only African-American stories we can tell are slave stories. Um, and she fits that narrative. And so in this problematic, kind of problematic set of nominations where we've only got two people of color and her being a traditional slave narrative character that that's hard that's a hard nomination to to see but i don't want to punish cynthia arrivo for her hard work i think she did a great thing and she did a good job and harriet tubman is a character that even for a movie that's kind of like a really good made for tv movie it's good i enjoyed watching it it's just not spectacular she's doing good work so good for her i'm glad she's here it's really made for a wide audience yeah Man. yeah true story um, I like um, I like Saoirse's nomination. I think she did great as Joe. I think she had a lot of depth in character, specifically that scene that we talked about in our Little Women episode, where she's sitting on the stairs and she's like, "Women can be and do and have so much," but she then she says she's so lonely. Like that scene in particular, she's so good in playing those depths and those characters. Mm-hmm. Um, Saoirse will eventually get a win. I don't think it's this year. Um, there's another performance that I really liked by a little little lady named. Tessa Thompson in uh-huh. a little old film. Actually, Tessa Thompson and Lily James, they play um, sisters in a film called Little Woods. Okay. It was a very good... I, I, I really enjoyed both of their performances. Um, stretching out a little bit even more, I think Penelope Cruz in this film called Everybody Knows that Nobody Knows About. Uh-huh. I think she's also particularly good. Um, a lot of my performances by women are actually in more non-wide release film where no. indies i think that i think that those did better for women well and that's a really traditional um, statement, statement. By Kylie well i mean for a lot of things is that like until really this year or the last two years like women don't get to lead a lot of blockbusters and at this point it's mostly superhero and disney films and you're not gonna like you're not gonna see brie larson being nominated for being captain marvel or daisy ridley for being ray like just not gonna happen mm-hmm. um you know and so yeah i think that that's difficult that we are seeing more female representation in our larger scale films but just not in the it's it, the prestige conversation i think hasn't caught up yet and it really needs to i even think like in a film I don't care about, Haley Lou Richardson is fantastic and five feet apart. Nice. I mean, Haley Lou Richardson, great. I like her a lot. Um, uh, shout out to Lupita Nyong'o because I'm gonna just keep beating the us bandwagon because I actually think that like she's great. She had an outside shot of getting here. Um, Charlize and- Theron in the long shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and my two of my favorite performances of the year, um, it's hard to separate them, but Caitlin Davier and Beanie Feldstein in Booksmart, like, they carry that movie. They are on that movie, and that, that movie rides on their shoulders. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I wouldn't want to separate them because I don't know how to. And if that movie doesn't work, if either actress is not giving the performance with each other, that is there, mm-hmm. you know. Best actor, Antonio Banderas, who... 
you did not understand when I called him Andy. <laughs> and then when you asked who, and I referred to him as Andy Bandy. <laughs> and it made me wonder if I've never called him that to you. I don't think you have. That's the first time this has happened. <laughs> but I, I don't know. Andy Bandy for Pain and Glory. <laughs> Andy Bandy for Pain and Glory. Uh, Leo for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Adam Driver for Marriage Story. Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix for Joker. Jonathan Price for two popes. Walking Phoenix is going to win. Is there two popes? There's two popes? Oh my god. I didn't even know that there was two popes. Kylie, So there's two popes. So I think that Walking Phoenix is going to win. I agree with you. Because of these performances, uh, that's the biggest. And it's the <laughs> most showy. I'm going to say, here's where I'm going to say that like the most acting kind of thing. Challenge... Adam Driver. Adam Driver's also very good. Uh, very big, very showy, very yelly. Yep. Um, he has an entire scene that I chuckled at because <laughs> it was hilarious. Also... Uh, spoilers. Brief spoilers. The hand cutting scene? It's hilarious when he tells... <laughs> when he says, every morning I wake up and wish you would die. <laughs> I just started laughing. I lost my mind at that. I, it's a good comedic performance. It is. There is good comedic moments in Marriage Story. Good. Like, that's what I love about his performance in that movie. Um, We briefly touched on Scarlett Johansson got nominated for Marriage Story. She she also is in this movie, really, is a good thing. But uh, uh, inherently, the film becomes about Adam Driver. Yeah. Um, And so I don't want to, like, diminish her and not talk about her. But, like, his performance is really something special in that movie. On top of, like, this just kind of feels like Adam... Like, to me... This feels like the year we should give Adam Driver the award. He not only is in Marriage Story, he is probably the best part of Rise of Skywalker. The report. Um, the report he's solid in. Mm -hmm. um, is he also in The Dead Don't Die? Mm -hmm. um, so, like, it just feels like Adam Driver. And last year with Black Klansmen, it kind of feels like he's been building and building and building. So, like, you know, when Al Pacino was supposed to win in the 70s and he didn't, that's going to happen now for Adam Driver. And we'll give him an award 20 years later for his scent of a woman. We're going to give this one to Joaquin Phoenix, because he should have also won 20 years ago. Should we go back in time and fix stuff? Let's do it! Okay, okay. Well, <laughs> we, could do an, we could do an episode on that. I think oh. that'd be something. We'll pick a year. I like this. We'll pick a year, and we'll... We need some time to prepare. I like it's this, though, yeah. It's not before this Oscar. No, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but, I, you know, I'll let you pick a year that you have some curmudgeons with. Okay. And we'll we'll explore and fix some things. Ooh, I okay? like this category. I right. like this. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Um, I really want to see Andy Bandy in Pain and Glory. Um, it has, I have been on the wait list for... Ever since the library pre-ordered it, no. I I quit that request button. How high are you? I uh, you know, I'm in the top ten. Okay, but nice. it hasn't been. Um, I also yet. want to see Pain and Glory. I like like real bad because you uh, like Andy Bandy too. I do like him. Andy, Andy Bandy is a actor yeah. who I like unabashedly love, but I'm never like you know top five Andy Bandy. Uh yes, agree with that sentence. Um, um, Jonathan Price. Let's take a hot second here. He's great. He's actually really great as Pope Francis. Um, he's probably the thing that holds a lot of that movie and that dialogue together. Um, he does good work with um, no acting required himself, Anthony Hopkins. Um, but Price, good. Not necessarily saying that I would put him in this category, but I'm not necessarily, like, opposed to him being here either. Um, 
DiCaprio was one of my favorite performances of the year. Just, just is. That's also a big performance. It is. Like, because he, yeah. he has his moments of, like, yelling in his trailer yeah. about the eight lemon twists or whatever he drinks. <laughs> Le- sour? Lemon sour? Whiskey sour? Whiskey sour. Oh, it's so good. I don't think it's so good. Watch it do that! Oh, it's so good. Uh, and then, like, <laughs> my favorite scene is when the little girl is like, such good acting, and he just bites his fist. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. I don't think he's going to win because we made such a stinker about it, and we gave it to him for The Revenant, and this is his first film <sighs> yeah. since The Revenant. I I just don't, and I know it's been five years, but I just, I don't know, I think. Much like an actress, like mm-hmm. ScarJo being the one who could maybe come in for Zellweger, I think Driver is the only person who could possibly come in and knock off Phoenix. Um... I don't hate Joaquin Phoenix's performance as the Joker. I wish it was in a better movie that had something to say. Um, Joaquin I, Phoenix is the only... Yeah. Okay, I, I don't want to diminish anyone else's work. Joaquin Phoenix, because I think in a movie, lots of people are part of the storytelling. Yes. It feels like Joaquin Phoenix is the only one telling me a story uh, in the Joker. I just wish that like Joaquin Phoenix um, would have won for a different role. Yeah. I don't like that this is the role that he's going to be known for. Even you play the Joker, you get a, you, you get play an the award. Joker, you get an award. But like, here's the thing. He played this exact role better last year. You were never really here. It's almost the exact same role, only that film has something to say about the type of character that that person is. Yeah, that that film is subtle. Yeah. And well-balanced. It's like... A... It's like a artist it's like, knew how to direct him and wasn't scared by him. It's like a woman made a non-comic book movie and we didn't care, and yet a man makes a comic book movie and we want to give it all the awards. Yeah. What? Huh. All right, huh. so, director. <laughs> oh, some other people. I Okay, guys, I know that all of you think that I don't know what I'm talking about, and some of you are correct. However, this award... Two people are missing from my nominations. Okay. Okay. Number one is a Mr. Sandman himself. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam loved Sandler. Him. I agree. Adam Sandler should be here as well for Uncut Gems. Number two. <laughs> my other. My... I'm not a good person. I'm not a good. Oh, that scene. That scene. But yeah, uh, okay. Uh, actor, uh, the only two, like, my version of, like, uh, okay, guys, uh, Taryn, Taryn for Rockerman. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to stand for Daniel Craig in Knives Out. Okay. I think he's great. I think that, like, that's great. Um, also, Kylie, I'm sorry that I was right. I, you, you're, you don't need to apologize when I'm wrong. <laughs> no. No, I'm sorry that a Benoit Blanc sequel is in the works. Well, you know, I just, you know, everyone was like, I'm so glad that there's this fresh original idea and it wasn't based off of a property. And I'm really glad that we, you know, we took those statements and we threw them out the window. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> a 
It's what we do as a society, and we've been doing it for many years. Yeah, you know. Yeah, Almost a century at this point. Yeah, you know, when you came up with that idea of, like, what's the sequel? And I said, well, that sounds like a bad idea. That sounds counterproductive. All right. Well, it's fine. Okay. Best director. Two more. Scorsese. Uh-huh. For the Irishman. Todd Phillips. For Joe. What's, what's up? Can I make a quest? Um, oh, no, Sam Mendes for 1917, <laughs> okay. Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Bong Joon-ho for Parasite. Okay, there you go. What was your request? Uh, it was going to be a bad request. Well, it kind of sounded like you were trying to do like a Scorsese accent for when you said The Irishman. So I was like, can you kind of maybe sound like all the directors for that? And then I was like, nope, this is a bad request. Bad request. I don't know what Todd Phillips sounds like, <laughs> but he's friends with Bradley Cooper. So sure, he's I'm Todd Phillips, <laughs> and I think comedy's ruined because I can't make fun of people anymore. And I'm. How does Sam Mendes sound? Hello, is I'm he Sam Mendes, I am. Oh, do you want me yeah. to... Oh, yeah, okay, I, don't yeah. know what to, I didn't know yeah. I was doing a Scorsese yeah. impersonation. Yeah. <laughs> and then Quentin Tarantino, he looks really fast, he's talking like he's got, little, he's got a little bit higher of a pitch. Um, hello, I am director Bong. <laughs> I'm Bong Joon-ho, and thank you. Here's a beach ball that I will spike into the audience. Best director, I mean, the I'm... The correct answer is Bong Joon-ho. The correct answer is Bong Joon-ho for Parasite. Sam Mendes also did it, I think, pretty well. Sam Mendes might win. Okay. He already has one, which is fine. Um, Tarantino, I think, has a good shot of winning. Okay. I will burn the world to the ground if Todd Phillips wins. No, you won't. It's not... The film's not well-directed. It doesn't make sense in its themes and its ideas, and it's two movies mashed into one movie, Jennifer? and, like, yes. You know what's interesting? What? So there's a... There's, there's a version... There's kind of a version of the Joker that we've talked about a lot today, and it's Uncut Gems, where I think, like, Howie... Oh, yeah. Howard? Yeah. And the Joker... This is how I win. <laughs> ...are kind of... Similar yeah. features. Yeah. One of them, however, is much more realistic in our world, and one of them is much more of a cartoon. But it's really interesting that Joker's the one that kind of pull. I mean, it's not that interesting. Um, but we keep saying uncut gems over and over again, where I think that they're a interesting pairing, where it's like, why does Joker come ahead while Uncut Gems kind of falls by the wayside. Well, and I think not only did those two movies serve in contrast of each other, you also have a year in general that I think those two movies play into that's about class structure and class society. Because um, you've also got stuff Ready like... Ready or Not. Ready or Not. You've got Parasite. You've got Us, which talks about it. Knives Hustlers Out. Hustlers talks about it. Knives Out talks about it. It seems to be... Uh, Last Black Man in San Francisco. Um, it seems to be the year where where we wanted to explore this idea of class disparity. And we wanted to do it through all these different lenses. And I think that's a really interesting and good topic to explore. I'm just bummed out that, like, the vessel that seems to be held up as the way to explore it is Joker Mm -hmm. in terms of these nominations. I don't actually think these nominations are representative of the film year as a whole. Um, It's just what we're going to see the prism through from this point out. Um, But yeah, because, like... What would make me very happy is somehow Parasite wins. Wins everything that it can win. Because that will, to me, justify what we've been doing. Like, justify this year, this... um, Also, it's like, it's easily the best movie of this year. It's the best movie of this and of many years. Like, you sit down to watch Parasite, and you're just like, great. 
this is a master filmmaker doing great things. Uh, Bong Joon-ho should win. I think Tarantino will win. Um, because he doesn't have one, and this is a story about Hollywood, and it's a good directing job. It's it's a good, like, he also does a good job. Yeah, I it, it feels like Quentin Tarantino is one of those directors that has been very active in Hollywood that hasn't gotten that recognition. Also, if what Tarantino says to be true mm-hmm. is that he's only making ten films... Um, if that holds to be true, whatever your belief on that is. Sorry, you guys um, not see the massive eye roll that I had. <laughs> um, I don't think Hollywood, as uh, the Oscars as a as a organization, would want it to be backed in the corner to be like, well, we didn't give him to him yet, and this is his last film, but so we're ever going to give him one. At that. They're great at backing themselves into a corner over and over again. Well, then they might just do it. <laughs> is this the time that we learn? No. Um... I want to open the conversation up about there's no women here. Um, and it doesn't even just have to be Greta Gerwig. Mm-hmm. Because like I would say Greta Gerwig for Little Women absolutely deserves to be here. But if you even put her like as like, okay, not her. You've also got Lulu Wang for The Farewell. So it's pronounced Lulu Wang. Lulu Wang, spelled, thank you. It's spelled W-A-N-G, but okay. it's Wong. Okay, Lulu Wang for The Farewell. Um, you could also put in, um, what's her name for, um, Honey Boy. Um. Oh, yeah. That lady. Yes. I can't, I I don't know how to pronounce it, which is what I'm struggling with. Alma Harley? Yes. Um, you've got, for Hustlers, Lorraine Scafaria could easily be here as well. Um, I would put, um, I'm trying to remember what her last name is. Her for Blinded by the Light. Marielle Heller. Uh, Marielle Heller for Would You Ever Forgive Me? Nope. <laughs> beautiful Sorry. Day beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. neighborhood. Uh, Gundar Chadhar. Chadhara. I'm sorry. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. For Blinded by the Light. Um, there are so many options. This Cassie I. Lemons. If you're you like, we, we yeah. already brought Harriet into the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. There are so many options that, like, to just even. To entertain the idea that maybe there just wasn't enough women doing good work is just ridiculous. Um, there is enough women doing good work. There are more films made by women this year than in the previous 30 years. Um, it's ridiculous that there's not one here and that you made room for Todd Phillips. Um, not saying that it's his fault by any means, so I'd say that's the one that I would kick out. I mean... I'd kick him out and put in the Sad Feet Brothers, and then I'd probably kick out someone else and put someone else in. <laughs> um, yeah. I, this is a category where I wish they would have a best first feature in the Oscars, because then you could put somebody like Lulu Wong in there, you could put, like, Joe Talbot for The Last Black Man in San Francisco, um, then there are others out there as well that I think that you could find a way to extend that, and that way you're starting to welcome people in to the Academy, and I think that if that's something you really want to do is help broaden this diversity, you know the younger generation in Hollywood is more diverse because that's what the population is saying that it wants so that's what you're doing they can also do that with acting they could break out roles yeah absolutely McKenna Grace and Oscar um I think that that would be great also like yeah that to me I don't mind that the Oscars run forever and a day I like watching the show um give me a best stunts as well awesome give me that you know give me a popular movie category 
The only thing that I don't like about a popular movie category is like, how? What's the metric? Like, how do you judge that? Who judges that? Yeah, he had to have made over this much money. So is that just like the highest grossing films of the year? Then based on quality? Yeah. Um, yes. Like, yeah, it's strange. So I heard this this um, interesting theory on a podcast that I kind of actually liked, mm-hmm. and it made it kind of like a popular Oscars. So basically, what if we voted for it? You and I? Like, no, like the people. Yes, okay, this is where I'm going. So, (laughs) the idea is, Mm -hmm. is that it's almost mathematically impossible with the current nomination system to get to ten. So you're going to get between eight and nine each year. So what if you have the, whatever it is that you have between eight and nine or how many ever nominations you have. And the people pick the And the, the people last pick one? the tenth. So then you give them the options of whatever 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. They keep the next five up. Mm-hmm. And then you say the people will pick the ninth and tenth nominations. That'd be cool. Yeah. Like... And th- and then at that point we don't get to vote. The obviously the academy does, and obviously they're never gonna win because like the academy didn't vote for them in the first place. I don't think. But like, wouldn't it be cool if the people had their say? And then like, you could know then forever that your film was nominated by the people. Mm-hmm. That'd be really cool. Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> but like, that's why I was gonna say like it has to be like they're already in the conversation. They just barely missed out. You know. All right. Uh, best picture time. Ford v. Ferrari, Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. I mean, we'll talk about our top tens of the year on our duckies list, so maybe snubs for this category. I mean, I wouldn't have Joker here by a long shot. Um, would be like, I think, Uncut Gems and The Farewell are probably, like, the two big, like, snub snubs mm-hmm. in this category. Um, what's gonna win? I'm gonna tell you what's not gonna win. Let's start there. Okay. Marriage Story. Yep, not enough nominations elsewhere. Jojo Rabbit. Uh-huh. Little Women. Yep, not enough nominations elsewhere and support elsewhere. Ford v. Ferrari. Agreed. Kind of surprised it's here. Just because, based on the other nominations it got. I like that movie, but kind of surprised it's here. So I'm left with Irishman, Irishman Joker, Joker, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. I, I narrowed it down to five. I'm gonna try to argue why I don't think Joker's gonna win. Because it's gonna win after. Because in the preferential balloting system that we have, mm-hmm. I think there's going to be enough people. I don't think Joker is going to be in the middle of a lot of ballots. I think it's gonna be on the top and the bottom of a lot of ballots. And so when you get through the preferential system, I don't think that it's going to get enough awards uh, or it's going to get enough votes as it goes through. I think it's going to win. It could happen. I think that it's going to be right in the middle for a lot of people. I just don't see that. Like, but yeah, it could be. It's got 11 nominations. 11. I also think 1917 and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood have a good shot. I think they're the front runners. Um... I think that 1917 just won the PGA 
the Producers Guild to go along with its Golden Globe. It's got a really late surge here. It also did well in its box office. Like, Bold Strategy, uh, Universal, I think, who released it? I can't. I think it was Universal who released it. To release it the weekend after the Golden Globes. Because, like, once it wins that, it gets this huge bump. So, like, I think 1917's got a real late surge and it could come in and win. But that would also be a film that we'd all be like, what? That one? Just because it didn't seem like it really represented the year all that well. But it could. I absolutely think it could come in and win. I wonder if it was released in the summer, if it would have. I think it would have done the Dunkirk path. I think it'd be here. Which is why, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, so, like, we were like, Dunkirk is great. Yeah. And, like, when it came time to the Oscars, it was like, this makes sense. Dunkirk yeah. represented this year. Yeah. Because it was with us in this year for yeah. a lot longer of a time. And so, like. I think that is what Once Upon Hollywood feels like. Yeah. It's been here. It's been the front runner. It feels like it's really good. Um. Again, my hope is Parasite, and the path to Parasite winning is... It's in the middle. It's in the middle. And not only is it in the middle, I don't see Parasite being lower than, like, two or three on a lot of ballots. Now, it might be on the bottom for some people, and I think that's true. I can see it being low for a lot of people, and here's why. Okay. Reading? Yeah. I... Okay. <laughs> as, I got you there! <laughs> as someone who struggles with this, uh-huh. Parasite doesn't... Doesn't I? I don't know what it is about what Bong Joon Ho does and what he is with his movie. But when I watch it, I don't feel like I'm reading a movie. I really feel invested, and in that though I'm in taking the dialogue from below, it feels like the performers are performing it for me, and it's really connected and intertwined to the fact that like I kind of forget that it's in, not in English. So like I I hear you. I'm with you. I think that that's true. But also maybe not. I don't know. My hope is that 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 is Parasite's path to winning. Is that it's some people's number ones, but it's a lot of people twos and threes. You know, um, Irishman. <laughs> yeah, I think that's kind of people I feel about it. Like good, but yeah. If if I had to narrow it to three, I would narrow it to 1917, Hollywood, and Parasite, and I would say that it, it's gonna. I, I'm going to just continue this narrative of I think they want to give it to Tarantino and I think they like films about themselves. Nostalgic films about themselves nonetheless. We're going to give it to Sam. <laughs> I think that could be true too. Yeah. Alright. Those have been our Oscar thoughts. Friends, you could show Those your... Those have been our Oscar nominees thoughts. Yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I have Oscar thoughts at some point. Well, we'll, we'll react to those. Yeah. <sighs> No, we might not, because you might have, like, gone on a rampage. (laughs) (laughs) Our Oscar reaction might just be me yelling into a microphone. You might have, like, turned into Hulk and (laughs) smashed out of this apartment. Everyone, I have said uh, on podcasts before that if if Joker wins Best Picture, I'm done. I'm quitting Oscars. I don't care anymore. Yeah. You'll be back. (laughs) (laughs) Stockholm Syndrome's gonna keep me coming back. Josh, I know you too well. Because next year you're going to be like, okay, well, we might be able to fix it. I don't think we can. If we go Green Book Joker, what are we doing? Josh, I, Josh, you're going to have hopes that it's going to figure itself out. And we were doing so well. We were like, Moonlight, everybody. We're like, yeah, 
Moonlight. All right, great. Oh, Shape of Water? Spotlight. Okay. <laughs> Moonlight. <laughs> Moonlight. All the lights. Shape of Water. Okay, fine. Great. Okay, a little weird, but all right. Oh. Great choice. <sighs> Green Book. All right, well, friends, if you want to join this conversation... Oh, wait, we got to play a game. You can pick. Who one of those people is. Okay, so. Alright, name different movies with Harrison Ford, Star Wars. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Witness. Uh, oh my god. Witness. 42. I call. I said oh, you that. just said 42. Thanks, Malarkey! <laughs> my brain died on Air Force One, and I was like, wait, why can't you think of I that? think I win this. <laughs> I think you do too. Good job. This was. This Nonsense. I'm not good at this game. <laughs> like, it's not enough time. I'm not good at it. Hey, Josh. Call of the Wild. <laughs> so excited. Fugitive. So excited. All right. Oh, Ender's Game. Age of Adelaide. <laughs> oh, yeah. What Lies Beneath? All the movies. Secret of the Pets 2. Oh, yeah. Secret Life, Life of, of Pets. Pets. Alright friends, if you enjoyed this conversation, and why wouldn't you, you can do so at friendofafriendpodcast.squarespace.com. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. Leave us a five-star review or any star review, as well as hit that subscribe button. Joker, Joke Oscar. For your consideration. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook. For your consideration. At Friend of a Friend Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at YouTube's Ducks Watch Together Tumblers Ducks Watch Together Letterboxd WCT and Kylie Gallisher Thank you so much for listening I've been Josh Quack, 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 quack Quack, quack, quack You didn't say your name <laughs>